This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Kevin, welcome to the War Room. How are you doing today? If I were any better, I would be you. <laughs> oh, very nice. I see what you do there. Uh, no, Jason and I are super excited to have you. We've been having a ball even before we hit record. Um, I think it stands to reason that my favorite question to start everything off with because of what it just does to the conversation is, do you personally come from a family of entrepreneurs yourself? I do not. Absolutely not. Nope. Oh, okay. So you were the one that broke away. Um, I was the first one that broke away. Absolutely. Yes. Was that a, a difficult thing to do in your family? Or do you find yourself constantly trying to have that conversation with your family about how it might improve their quality of life? Or are you like, you know, to each their own? You know, it, I was raised in a in a family where you know you were kind of encouraged to go get a good education, then get a good job, and you know do your time and get your gold watch and retire to Florida and all that. And um, I, I kind of bought into that a little bit upfront, but it wasn't for very long. Pretty quickly, I discovered that it just didn't it just didn't suit me. I, I wanted a little bit more control over my life, over my schedule, over my dreams and my aspirations. So um, when I initially kind of left the corporate rat race, my family looked at me like I was a little bit crazy. But now with the, you know, some of the results I've had, they don't think I'm crazy anymore. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's got to be a funny feeling to yeah, sort of have them look at you across the table. And go, I mean, I guess yeah. there's an exception to every rule. That's different, right. <laughs> different strokes for different folks. That's it. Yeah. Oh man. And was this around like the uh, the high school college times? You know, I went to college and pursued a traditional degree, and I only worked in um, in my field for about a year before I decided that I wanted to go in an entrepreneurial direction. So I didn't last all that long out there in the corporate world. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What, what were you doing in the corporate? If you don't mind me asking. No, I don't mind you asking at all. I I um I went to college originally for radio, but I had always been a musician. So um I lasted for about a year in the field of radio. Then I became a professional pianist in the New York City area. I was a professional piano player. So hey. that was really going down an entrepreneurial road. And then um a number of years after that, that's when I started a business. Um, speaking, coaching, training, you know, around the world, that kind of thing. So it's an interesting, I mean, everybody's got an interesting path, but mine is kind of odd. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that you brought that up because I've been trying to pinpoint. I, the only thing I did when I did pay for some classes in college, because I had to do it myself, I took linguistic anthropology. And one of my favorite things to do is to listen to someone speak and get as much information out of it as I can. And I couldn't put my finger on why it is the way you spoke sounded like 
some people get a radio voice yeah. and then it sounds forced, yeah. right? It doesn't blend well. It changes the tone, but your, your energy hasn't changed from when we started <laughs> no. to now. And that's something that says a lot about somebody's ability to be an accomplished communicator. And well, now I know exactly what happened. You well, studied for it. <laughs> well, well I, you know, I didn't, I didn't. So, so thank you for your kind words. Linguistic anthropology, that is way above my pay grade. No, um, no, no. But, but, but um, I, I have a face for radio. That's what I have. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, they tell me I have the pipes and um, I guess I use them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can, I can hear it. Just the, uh, your person comes through the voice and oh, that's okay. something that's rather difficult to accomplish. I mean, it, I've had multiple singing lessons and acting teachers. I just wanted to remark on that because one of the things you, you do, according to the notes I took a look at it, you are a speaker. And as you mentioned, you started your coaching and speaking business. Yeah. What was that like to make that transition? You just up and left, packed a backpack, you're playing piano in New York. And how did you jump into that? What happened was I was a, a full-time piano player in New York at the time, back in 94, back when the earth was cooling and dinosaurs were running around, <laughs> I got married. I started having kids and I realized, Hey man, unless I'm Elton Joel or Billy John, I can't really afford to be, you know, a family. So this was before Al Gore invented the internet. So I had to actually get a newspaper and look for <laughs> jobs. And the only job I could find was 100% commission sales didn't even know what that meant. A sex change would have been more in my comfort zone. So <laughs> I, I, I cut off my 18 inch long hair. I got into sales, but I had some good mentors that told me that long-term success in business is really going to come down to obviously know your product, but your ability to sincerely and authentically connect with other people. So they recommended I get Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, the book, I read it over and over. I became the top salesperson for four different companies in four different industries, including the top salesperson in the world for an international consulting company with 350 salespeople in 15 countries. I had a very successful sales career. And then in 2003, 60 days after LinkedIn launched, I got an invitation to get on just like everybody else does. I looked at it. I said, this is a Rolodex. This is going to be handy. And it was, but then my clients started asking me, Kevin, could you come in and teach our salespeople how to sell like you do, which means not salesy, all about conversations. And could you show them how to use LinkedIn? Initially, I said, no, I don't know anything about that. I'm not even a salesperson. I'm a piano player. But then they started throwing money at me. And then in 2009, I left my corporate sales job. And now for the last 13 years... I typically speak in about a city a week. In, in, in the last four weeks, it's been kind of crazy. I spoke in Colorado, Las Vegas, uh, South Dakota, New Jersey, and Lisbon, Portugal. I just got back from Lisbon, Portugal. Oh, wow. So, so um, sorry for the long story, but that's my story. No, I, I love that. Um, sales is definitely the lifeblood of business. I, I, I don't have to go very far to, to get a second opinion on that. I'm sure, Jason, you've probably been waiting to chime in on that. I want to make sure I give you the room to do that. Well, first of all, I just, I want to hear you say, uh, you know, smooth jazz. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> if I force it, I can't do it. <laughs> this is uh, CNN. 
right? There you go. Yes. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, no, it's a it's a wonderful, you know, that's what I love about this show, right? Is there's so much diversity. There's so much, there's there's so many stories and they're all alike. They just got a tweak, right? Yeah. Little tweak to them. Yeah. And you know, I come from a sales background too. I I started there with my own company, just selling the hell out of stuff, right? Yeah. Just sell, 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 right? Yeah. Um, way back in 1999 or something, even before those dinosaurs you had. <laughs> I was in 94, and, so it was over. Oh, that's right, 94. So I I had the I had the first evolution of 94 dinosaurs. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I I like really understand. You know, I mean, sales that, that that drove me to here today, right? And sales really shapes people to to be able to communicate with people, to be able to not have those awkward moments and and all those things, and just really hold a conversation and 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 be able to do that just free flowing, right? And not, I call it riffing it, yeah. <laughs> well, just I having a riff. I find a lot of it just comes down to being comfortable with who you are. Yeah, for sure. If you're comfortable you with who you are, I don't mean arrogance or anything like that, but if you're comfortable with who you are, other people tend to be comfortable with you too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. With, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And like one of my golden rules, I'm very comfortable with myself, not, not in a cocky way, but I always tell people that, you know, if you need a steak dinner for me, I'm not your guy. <laughs> right? so, I'm just not your guy. So go find somebody that'll do that for you, I guess. But, but that's not me because I am who I am. If you don't like it, well, I guess you need to find somebody else, but yeah, exactly. we all just try to try to be our most authentic self. And somebody asked me that one day, how do I be authentic? I said, holy shit, that's a basic human skill. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it amazing that we have to teach people how, I mean, do you have to teach a bird how to bird? Do you mm -hmm. have to teach an elephant how to elephant? And, yeah, and, yet, yeah. and yet, because most people are so confused about who they really are, that when you really bring up, you know, just be authentic. They're like, uh, I don't even know who the hell I am to begin with, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Existential crisis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny. A lot of people will get into a room with someone who's an expert in sales and they'll all ask the exact same questions. I'm sure you can corroborate that experience just in terms of like, it's always the same questions and it's always the same answers. But I feel like people never get a chance to, to, to take a look at what they're really trying to ask. Uh, is a matter of self-transformation. If you're not already there, then you have to be willing to look at who you currently are, mm -hmm. regardless of what idea that might be. And, and correct me where I'm wrong, because I'm trying to get to the bottom of that, because a lot of people step into business, whether it's young leaders or even people who have decided to leave the corporate rat race uh, later in life. And they're like, okay, but the first thing they come to face with is I have to find customers, yeah. right? And you could read all the sales books and this, 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 this and that. Yeah. But what does it really come down to? Aside from being authentic with yourself, isn't there some kind of shift in your mind that you have to make and accept as a reality? I would agree with that. You know what I find? I find a lot of people rush to try to figure out strategies 
without a fundamental understanding of the principles below the strategies. So strategies change all the time, but principles don't change, right? Gravity is gravity, whether you're in Los Angeles or whether you're in Colorado, right? Yes. Gra gravity is gravity, whether you're black, white, fat, skinny, hairy, old, bald, whatever. Gravity is a principle. Hey. <laughs> gravity works one way because it's because it's a principle. And because most people, we live in such a, a, a society where we're looking for quick fixes, that people, they don't really understand, you know, deepen your understanding of principles and the appropriate strategy will almost always reveal itself. But if you, if you just focus on strategies without understanding the fundamental principle, it's really, it's, it's, it's not, it's like building a house on sand. It doesn't really, you know, it, it can shift very easily. And it sounds, it um, sounds like I'm being very philosophical, but I'm not, it's very practical. I spend a lot of time with my clients pointing at principles. And once they start seeing that, all of a sudden, everything else just flows so much more naturally. Yeah. To borrow from music, you could, you could play all the scales you want, but if you don't understand how uh, yeah. certain keys correlate to each other for a smooth transition at Got the end it. of the day there are these keys the circle of fits and certain things that just work uh, because that's the way the dynamics have been created is that is that accurate for, for it's, in case to it's totally totally accurate if you understand the 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 distance between the notes you can play in any key right but if you don't understand the distance between the notes in a in like a major scale to use your metaphor then you're just constantly like, you know, uh, you're just confused all the time. But once you see the pattern, you go, oh, if I start on C, it's all white notes. If I start on G, it's one black note. You could just, oh, it's just the distance. So in business and in sales, I mean, I, I stand on stages all around the world and I look at the audience in the first five minutes and I say, is there anybody in the room that would disagree with this next statement? All things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to people who they know, like, and trust. I have never met a human being anywhere that disagreed with that. But then I look at them and I go, now, we all agree that's true. It's like gravity. But just because we understand that intellectually does not mean we understand the way it works in the real world. So I get them to understand intellectually, it's really about no like trust, sincere and authentic no like trust, not fake, you know, persuasion techniques and all this BS stuff. But, but then I just show them how they intellectually understand it's about no like trust, but then I show them how they violate it every five minutes. <laughs> and then once they see it, until they see it, it sounds like philosophy. But once I can show them Oh, you're sending unpersonalized messages to strangers on LinkedIn. And you're telling me you understand about no like trust. No like trust, yeah. Do you think that sending a message to a stranger with absolutely no message whatsoever, just a LinkedIn invitation, do you really think that builds no like trust? And they usually look at you like a deer in the headlights at first, like I never thought of it that way. And I say, yeah, I'm not trying to make you feel stupid. I'm just trying to show you how you're innocently doing things that you don't realize are slowing down the process. Once I bring it to your attention, I don't even have to tell you to stop. You will naturally stop once you realize that you're the cause of it slowing down, right? So it's it's an awareness thing. It kind of goes back to what 
you were saying a minute ago, Philip, if you're self-aware, you'll start to see, oh my goodness, I'm I'm the cause of the of the slowness of my growth. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Jason preaches that no like trust. That that is his mantra. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I, I've heard you say it. I don't know how many times, almost every episode we've had on here. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I, I always like to use this analogy. The first time you met your girlfriend, she didn't become your wife the next day. <laughs> so it's the same thing. It's the same thing. We work with clients. We work with people. We have relationships, right? Relationships are built on you know, I didn't meet my wife 15 years ago and just say, hey, baby, let's go get let's go get married. Right. <laughs> and she went, yeah, let me get on that crazy train. Right. No. <laughs> you know, that it's was funny. the only person. That's the only person I've ever had to, to do steak and dinner for. It, it, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, Jason. Jason, you and I have never met before. We've never been in the same room. No. But, you're, but you and I use the same metaphors because when I'm on stage, I use the same exact metaphor. Wow. I pick somebody out of the audience <laughs> and I go, when you first met your spouse, were you attracted to them? And they say, yes. And I say, then I'm assuming you grabbed them and started kissing them, right? And they go, <laughs> well, no. And I go, then why do you do it in business? And they yeah. look at me and they go, the gears lock up and they go, what do you mean? And I say, you, you're telling me you understand the no like trust thing, but you're walking up to strangers, hitting them with some BS elevator pitch. You're basically right. asking them to marry you three seconds after you met them. And then you're wondering why you're getting slapped. Of course, you're getting slapped. They don't know <laughs> yeah. you. They couldn't pick you out of a lineup. Yes. <laughs> so, right. you know, people, people struggle in business because they're violating the laws of nature. Yeah. There that's, it is. That's, that sounds deep, but it's not. It's simple. That's the that's the title of this podcast right now. Violating, violating the laws of they're, nature. They're complete. They're, <laughs> they are completely violating the way life works. Right. right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's true. But, that, but they don't see it until I bring it to their attention with some humor and some different examples, and then they start. All of a sudden, you see like a light bulb go off over their head, and they go, "Oh my god, I'm a jerk," and I go, "Well." I, <laughs> I go, well, it's better you say it than me, you know, so so <laughs> because you know, walking up to strangers and trying to kiss them is a great way to get slapped. And that's what most people in business literally do all yeah. day. Thank you. Yeah. It's nuts. It's literally insane. Yeah. And, and and especially on LinkedIn, right? I mean, oh, it's just, man. Well, you, it's can't, you can't you can't outrun your character. So yeah. if, if you're if you're a kissing on the first date kind of person on LinkedIn, you're going to be a kissing on the first date kind of person on Facebook and at the BNI meeting and at the Rotary <laughs> Club, because no matter where you go, you're going to be that guy. Oh, wow. Yes. Right. Love. And don't you just love that? You're that guy. <laughs> you don't want everybody. Lo everybody looks at you that way. It would look at you. That's that. That's yeah. that guy. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So then, uh, Kevin, what are you working on now? Like, what, what are your goals now? What are you trying to accomplish maybe this year, next year? You know, that's a really good question, Philip. But um, my answer is a little bit weird. And I want you to be aware before I answer it that I am aware that my answer is weird. Okay. <laughs> because okay. if I didn't put that disclaimer in there, I could sound like a lunatic, even though I'll probably still sound like a lunatic. 
<laughs> um, there was a point in my life where I was extremely goal driven and I checked all the boxes, made millions, lived in the 7,000 square foot house, you know, all that stuff. And that's all great. About 10 years ago, I had a shift in my thinking and I decided to try an experiment. And I said to myself, I wonder what would happen if I suspended all goal setting and just followed my intuition and saw where it went. Now, I gave myself a back door. I said, you know, if I crash and burn, I'll go back to setting goals. Okay. Now, this sounds weird because I coach lots of people on setting goals and all that kind of stuff. And, and I help people make millions and companies make hundreds of millions. But if you ask me, Kevin, what's your goal for 2022? It's the same goal I've had for pretty much the last 10 years. And it's consistent inner peace. I find, and what's and the irony here is that every year I make more than the money than the year before with no concrete goals. So this, what I'm saying right now, violates almost everything that's taught in personal development by broke personal development speakers. Okay? <laughs> um, no offense. I'm, you know, I just kind of tell it like it is. So hey. there, there's a time and a place for goals and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm answering your question honestly. I, I really don't have any specific revenue goals or anything like that. I never worry about my next client. I have a waiting list for speaking engagements and coaching clients. So apparently I've figured something out that works, but I find that when I have consistent inner peace, everything else naturally works better. Does that make any kind of conceptual sense, Philip and, and Jason? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. There's, there's been a long running theme throughout the entire conversation of something might sound philosophical, but there's practicality to it. And the reason oh, yeah. for that is that the, the principles and a lot of successful leaders, you'll hear them constantly say, you know, try to orient your life around principles. Yeah. You know, um, that's why when people, and I, this is my hypothesis is when you watch an interview of someone who everyone is a fan of, and they're asked for like, how do I become successful like you? It's always some, it's never like a step-by-step, -step, this is how you do it, because there are principles, fundamentals right. that right. people have, whether it sounds waxing poetic or not, the fact is that there's something behind that. There's the 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 art, and art in itself is a science. There are dynamics. If you're looking at music, there's physics, right? There's, there's velocity, there's, you know, there's Every art has a science to it, pressure with a brush and what that means, right? That's also a level of physics. So there is an art to living as a leader and as a success-driven person. But I like that you said there, it's inner peace. And this is something that I think all of us are pursuing on some level. Well, let me, can I throw a crazy idea? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, if there's, so again, if this gets too deep, Tell me, <laughs> but actually, no matter how deep it sounds, you nailed it. There are massive practical applications for this. Okay, this is not talking about naval lint. This is actually the the real game that's being played. Every human being on this planet wants the same exact thing. Everybody wants to be happy, and everybody wants inner peace. But the most people have no understanding of where that lies. So they think. If I put $5 million in the bank, I'll be happy. Well, if that was a fact, then nobody who has $5 million would blow their head off. But people do. Now, I'm not putting down money, 
but because people don't understand where their experience of life comes from, they seek success, validation, inner peace, happiness in events, circumstances, relationships, objects, states of mind. They search for it in places that it literally is not. And that's why they struggle. So again, that sounds airy-fairy and woo-woo, but it's extremely, because when you understand where peace resides, you naturally have more clarity in any endeavor that you choose to undertake. That makes a lot of sense. So I help my clients get clarity. And then there's a natural byproduct of clarity is success. Yes. Yes. I, I feel it. There's there's likely a, a large degree of osmosis that takes place by just observing your example long enough and working with you going, wow, he's really reached a level where it doesn't seem like anything bothers him. I, as humanly possible, that is, right? And you still well, do the I mean, I mean, You're going to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not an enlightened Buddha, but I but I do understand where where my emotions come from. Most people don't. Most people think traffic causes stress. That's insane. Most, <laughs> mo, most people think the way my wife just looked at me pissed me off. No, it didn't. The way you thought about the way your wife looked at you pissed you off. I'm not talking about controlling thoughts. I'm talking about understanding the nature of thought itself, which very few people really understand, oh, not because they're stupid, but because it's not something they've ever really studied. Yeah. yeah. I can see why, why, why you're killing it in sales and, and why you have uh, the journey you've been, you've been on. Uh, it's definitely funny that people try to get away from that as much as possible, but it's, I, I believe it's impossible to separate that nature or that part of our nature as human beings. So we're not, we're not just material for, for, for all that we try to make it be present, be in the moment. And this is the real deal right here. I'm a realist. There are some things that we don't understand, but if we take the time to embrace them and approach them with a willingness to understand, they will gradually reveal themselves. And these are these principles, these fundamentals of life that it's like those things that only come with time really. And I, I really love that our conversation is going there. Yeah, I, I like it too. And you kind of nailed it early in the conversation that all roads actually lead to who are you? Because if you if you really get an understanding of who you are, you're just going to operate more naturally in life, regardless of what you do. But because we live in an image conscious kind of society and all this other stuff, we're being distracted from figuring out who we are. When we deepen our understanding of who we are, naturally, everything else flows more naturally. So there's an irony here. My clients come to me and they go, Kevin, you know, help me make more money. I I help them make hundreds of millions of dollars, but not because I turn them into a sales ninja. It's because I help them deepen their understanding of who they really are. And as a result of that, they are more successful in anything that they choose to do, even whether it's a personal relationship with their spouse, with their kids, whether it's building a business. It just makes sense, you know, but but, uh, you know. Some people look at me like I'm crazy, but I don't care. Who cares, right? The first person you have to sell yourself on is yourself. Get to know, like, and trust yourself. I see I see where that's going. Yeah. <laughs> but there's nothing about you that's not knowable, likable, or trustable. The only things that wouldn't be knowable, likable, and trustable would be 
your ego. Uh, right. Ooh, I always, some people. <laughs> I always say, check it at the door when you walk through. That's check it. your That's, ego at the door. The yeah. ego is nothing more than a, a thought considered to be true. That's all it is. Because mm-hmm. it's not yeah, really it who you are. You know, you're not your personality. You're aware of your personality. You're not, you know, you're not your thoughts. You're aware of your thoughts. Now, again, this sounds very deep and philosophical, but in reality, it's the simplest thing in the world to talk about. But we live in this illusion where we don't see what's right in front of our face, right? Oh, yeah, so, it can be very this practical. Is, this, this is an interesting <laughs> conversation. You guys are cool, man. <laughs> I thought you knew we were cool, man. <laughs> no, it's a it's a it's a great conversation, and I, and I want to make sure uh, we get to these young leaders that are likely listening. Uh, would be entrepreneurs, what have you. And they're, yeah, that's all great. You guys are preaching from a high and mighty mountain of I've already done it. But if yeah. I haven't done it and I am struggling, uh, am I just supposed to accept things and, and deal with them? Or what's one thing they can do to just like chill out? Like if you had to give, you had to give them a golden ticket and just yeah. say, look, here, take this, keep it here, for a rainy day. This is exactly what I would tell a young entrepreneur. Block out one day. Take a day out of your calendar and go to an old folks home, go to a retirement home and interview all the old people and ask them if you could go back and do it over. What's one thing you would do differently? And I'll tell you in advance what the answer is going to be, because when you start interviewing old people, they typically come to some variation of I would have taken more chances. I played it way too safe. That's a thought. Playing it safe is a thought. Okay. So what they don't understand is they're taking their thinking so damn serious instead of just going, it's just a thought. Why not take it? You know, if I'm a young entrepreneur, I got decades ahead of me. Go for it. And if you crash and burn, you're going to learn more than if you dropped a hundred thousand on an MBA, no offense to MBAs, but go out there in the real world. The worst way in the world to teach somebody how to ride a bike is show them a PowerPoint presentation on how to ride a bike put their ass on the bike, right? If if you're, if you're young and you're ambitious and you're entrepreneurial, go for it. You got nothing to lose. You got nothing to lose. So go hang out with old people for a day. Ask them if they could do anything different. They're all going to tell you you're playing it way too safe. Oh yeah. This is great. This is, this is going to be either a great reminder for the people who are already on the path and going, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Let's go on and carry that energy throughout the rest of the day. Or the young people are going to go, gosh. Sometimes we just need a reminder. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm playing it way too safe. What am I worried about? Oh, yeah. Some people just entrepreneur. need a base, baseball bat, though. <laughs> some need a baseball bat. Some need a boxing glove. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you got a couple of things over your head there, Jason. They might need. Yeah, I see like a knife yeah, up there and a couple yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, this is awesome. Okay, so we've addressed that. We've we've understood that your goal is also now to find inner peace, and for very practical reasons. I mean, there's so many things that are practical about being able to watch yourself be upset and then say okay well that's coming from me which means i can do something about it which now i'm one step closer to inner peace which means i'm also able to get what i want across and i don't lose focus i don't get uprooted there's so many i mean you could go on forever so that's the goal uh now 
where can people reach you? Like if preferably if people can get a hold of you and and follow the rules of no like and trust before they send you a message, uh, where would you prefer for them to actually connect with you? They can't, man. I'm in the witness relocation program. Out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> no, I am I am easily findable. My last name is five letters, K-N-E-B-L. Could I please buy another vowel? If they go and they Google Kevin Knebel or they type it into LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, they're going to find me instantly. I build some time into my calendar on days that I'm not on an airplane or a stage to kind of pay it forward not as a clever marketing funnel, not because I'm trying to save the world. So if anybody wants to schedule a brief conversation by Zoom or phone, I'm happy to help any way I can. Or, or they can go to kevinknebel.com. Of course, my website, like a lot of people's websites, are totally out of date, but, you know, whatever. But, you know, I'm, <laughs> send me a LinkedIn invitation. Mention that you lo- you watched this podcast, that you watched this interview. You know, I'm, I'm easily findable if someone wants to find me. Right on. Yeah. And uh, before I ask the grand finale, um, as much as I'd love for this to go on, I want to make sure that I give Jason a chance. He's, he's probably got a question or two or maybe some reflection. Yeah. Well, no, I, I think these conversations, right. They're, they're very nurturing to the younger generation. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you take the, the uh, Gen Zs, the I have kids, they're Gen Alphas, right? So they're even younger. Yeah. <clears throat> and these are like, this is the war chest of like information that it's, it's, it's really, uh, gosh, what's the word? It's evergreen, right? Yes. It never has to change. It no, never, it's, it's, it's a always, principle. It's a principle and it doesn't have to change, right? So it's like, these are all the things where, you know, we were eating dinner. We went downtown one day, ate dinner, and there was this group of boys sitting around this table. <clears throat> and they were literally, they were texting each other across the table. Yeah. And I, I got up and I walked over and I said, gentlemen, you can talk. <laughs> and it was just like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. so you know, the, these are the kind of things, though, that people need to hear this stuff because yeah. we need to reinforce it all because we're like in a time where everybody got weird and lazy and, you know, with COVID and, and disconnected and all this stuff. So it's like now we're like rein, reintroducing. I don't want to use the word common sense because that's not necessarily that common, but um, so, but like common sense, basic human skills that we're freaking born with. Right. Yeah. Um, And sometimes we just have to be reminded. (laughs) It's nothing more than that. And the fact that we need to be reminded doesn't mean we're stupid. It it just means we've innocently forgotten. Mm -hmm. We got distracted by a shiny bell or whistle and we forgot the principle. If if I wake up in the morning and I tell myself my success today is going to be rooted in my ability to create sincere and authentic, no like trust in people that cross my path, then almost anything that I do today is going to work out better than if I hadn't reminded myself of that. that. Yes. Let's, let's, let's close out on that note. And then, uh, 
ask the big finale, if, if you don't mind, uh, Kevin, if you could have invited anybody to sit here side by side with us, a plus one, if you will, yeah. uh, dead or alive, uh, yeah. who do you who do you choose and why do you think that's the case? Can I do a plus two? Yeah. <laughs> by the way, by the way, millennials, did you notice how I didn't just t- take his question and I asked, if you know, ask, you know, get, okay, <laughs> sales 101. He could have said to me, no, it's a plus one, but he immediately gave me double the revenue. <laughs> right? I should Always have be sailing. Plus, I should have asked for a plus three, right? So, so, here's, so here's my answer, and I'm not trying to be a wise ass with this answer. I think that fun is a, is a very good component of success. And I think sometimes we forget that because we get, you know, very goal-oriented and focused and we drive for success. And sometimes we forget to lighten up a little bit and have fun. And I think that people do business with people they know, like, and trust, and they do business with people that seem to be kind of fun, you know? So my answer to your question, as crazy as it might sound, is who would I want in this conversation? Well, I would want somebody or a couple people to make sure it stays light and doesn't get too heavy. So I would do Harry and Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber. If (laughs) Harry and Lloyd were in this conversation, as funny as it sounds, I bet you there would probably be some deeply insightful, profound moments in the humor. So, you know, I mean, I I could answer Elon Musk or, you know, Mark Cuban or Richard Branson, but I'm going to go with Harry and Lloyd. That's what I'm doing. Yes. Mine would be uh, Harry, Curly and (laughs) Moe. Slapstick. (laughs) Yeah. There's there's definitely something to be said about somebody who has a well-developed sense of humor. And I can see that that levity uh, makes all things lighter. Yeah. Makes all things better. And at the you, end of the you, day, usually heaviness is an indication you're looking in the wrong direction. There it is. There it is. Yeah. For all the philosophicalness that it has, it's very practical. <laughs> Just take a take a temperature of how heavy you feel. It's probably the wrong direction. And Absolutely. heavy doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's the emphasis is on effort because even to fly, you've got to flap the wings, you know? Um, so don't, don't think of it that way. There's still effort just because you're feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm, making, I'm making effort. It's the levity behind it. I, lo- I love where this is going because I feel like that is the DNA with which your operating system is running across the board of what you do. So again, uh, com is where they can find all the links and all the stuff. Yes. Cool. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Right on. All right, Jason, any closing thoughts? For me, that's it. Yeah, just we all have 168 hours in the week. And uh, thanks for stopping by and spending a little bit of it with us out of your busy calendar. I know you're a traveling man. You're busy. And uh, yeah, so thanks for doing that. And it was great having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. And I wish you guys all the success you're willing to work for. And I know you're obviously willing to work for it. And thank you, everybody. God bless. Have a great day. And hopefully our paths will cross again. All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Llanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. 
follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.